0: Namaste. I'm Reverend Wendy Craig Purcell here at the Unity Center in beautiful San Diego. Thank you so much for subscribing to this channel. Please make sure that you like the video you've just watched and consider making a contribution on our app or on our website. It's really easy to do. And thank you in advance for that support. It does make a difference. So as we've been looking at some of the work from Dr. Sanjeev Chopra, the professor of medicine, one of the professors of medicine at Harvard Medical School, we've been looking at habits that help us to cultivate that deeper experience and more consistent experience of happiness. And much of his work came out of other studies that took a look at the, the myth that many people have that the road to happiness is about having a lot of stuff, and in particular, having a lot of money. And of course, there's been research that has shown people who've won huge lotteries, and within a year, they pretty much go back, they might have some nice stuff or different stuff, but they usually go back to the same baseline of happiness that they had beforehand. And it's called hedonic adaptation, that we seem to have a certain set level of happiness that is related to the external, but that the way to increase or deepen our experience of happiness isn't about the stuff that we have, but is about the qualities of life or the the life habits that we practice. And the research has shown that there are four habits that help more than anything else, and we've looked at those. We looked first at the habit of relationships, of particular kinds of relationships. Sometimes they're within our family units, but not always. Sometimes they're not in our family units, but are in our close friendships where we can really be our authentic selves with another and share the ups and the downs, our joys and our insecurities, our fears and our faith with another. And that's an essential component to being happy. The, so, the second was the habit of forgiveness. That we, if we hold on to resentment, if we hold on to, to bitterness, if we don't move past the pain of the wrong that's done to us to a place of freeing ourselves from reliving it over and over again, we're going to be depriving ourselves of a key component. That allows us to to cultivate a happy experience. And then last week, and these I've done in the order that he presents them, the, the third is the habit of giving and that there's scientific research and study that shows that people who live with a generous heart, and it's not always about giving our money, it's about the attitude we have of the way that we show up in life. Are we givers? Do we approach life with a generous heart where we have this mindset and this heart set of, what do I have in me that, that I can lend to or give to this person or this situation to somehow make it better? And that might be a thing. It might be a word. It might be money. It might be a connection that we have, but that we We're living from this place of kindness, this place of generosity. And the fourth one now that we're looking at today is the direct link between the practice of gratitude and our degree of happiness. If you don't know the language of gratitude, you will never be on speaking terms with happiness. There was a study done by the American Psychological Association, and it found that by just saying and feeling it once a day, by just saying and feeling and expressing, being grateful for something just once a day, that there were measurable improvements to a person's state of being. Just being able to say, I am grateful. How many of you have ever had the practice of keeping a gratitude journal? I I imagine it's almost unanimous, or maybe you just don't want to raise your hands this morning. But... um, if you haven't ever taken it on as a practice, I really encourage you to do so, to practice calling into awareness what it is that that you appreciate, what it is that you are grateful for. It's not a religious thing, but it's a very spiritual thing, very spiritual thing. I think that there are three essential steps to a full practice of gratitude. And there's are simple steps, but I think that each of them is is necessary. The first is paying attention, noticing the good. That's the beginning beginning point. Paying attention, noticing the good. What is it that you appreciate in your life right now? You might appreciate being able to sit on a comfortable chair, not everybody in in the world is able to sit on a comfortable chair. You might appreciate being able to be in a place where you feel safe. What is it that you appreciate? What is it that you notice that's good in your life right now? Not just on Thanksgiving Day, but right now, just noticing it. So noticing the good is the first step. The second doesn't always happen. The second is allowing yourself to feel the feeling of gratitude, to feel the feeling of gratitude. How many of you are familiar with the Institute of Heart Math? Can I see by show of hands? That's a good number of you. If you've been here for any length of time, you've heard me speak about their work on numerous occasions. I do encourage you, if you're not familiar with them, to Google them, the Institute Of heart math. The Institute of Heart Math has, I think, done some of the greatest work in mainstreaming the practice of mindfulness and its connection with well-being. And specifically, they have studied the benefits, the physiological heart benefits, hence the name heart math, the physiological heart. Benefits of certain states of consciousness, that certain states of consciousness, when felt, brought to mind and felt, certain states of consciousness can put the heart in a coherent rhythm. And when the heart muscle is in a coherent rhythm, there are all sorts of beneficial effects, physiologically, beneficial as well as emotionally and relationally beneficial. And these things have been measured. And the interesting thing is, out of their research, they have identified the top four qualities or states of being, consciousness, to practice that most quickly put the heart in the state of coherence. And the four qualities are the qualities of genuine concern. We might think of it as love or loving kindness. Genuine concern. Joy. The feeling of joy. Peace. Inner peace. And a fourth is appreciation or gratitude. And of those four, they've studied many more, but those are the top four. Of those four... The state that puts a person's heart in coherence the quickest and the most consistently is the state of appreciation, of gratitude. I remember the first time reading it or hearing it, because I've been to many of their seminars, thinking, oh, well, surely it's going to be love or it's going to be peace. And I was a little disappointed the first time that I, I heard that the research shows that it's gratitude. And I don't know why it's gratitude, but that's what the research shows, that the heart moves into a state of coherence that opens us up to greater cognitive abilities, greater, um, as I've said, physiological benefits. The practice of gratitude. If I were to say to you right now with your eyes open, call into awareness someone or something in your life that you are really grateful for. And then as you call that into your awareness, to call into your experience the felt sensation of gratitude. I know you know what gratitude feels like inside of you. I know you know that. The practice is to call it into experience, not just to name the thing, that we are grateful for, that's a good practice. But to move into the state of feeling appreciation, of feeling gratitude. To me, the magic in that is that it's not dependent upon anything changing externally. Nothing changed for you externally when I asked you a moment ago to move into that felt state. And yet, your internal state changed. And what we know in metaphysics is that when our internal state changes, when our consciousness changes, when our consciousness is lifted up and gratitude lifts it up, we give off a different energy. We vibrate at a different level. And like tuning forks, we begin to attract new and different and better experiences into our life and then the third is to take action to do something with that feeling it might be a phone call that you make to someone it might be a text that you send it might be a card that you send a gift a something that you do so that it becomes a little more tangible a little more real jesus emphasized gratitude when he was tasked with feeding the multitudes with just a few fish and loaves of bread, one of the first things that he did after he asked, well, what do we have? And the young boy came forward and offered what he had. One of the next things he did was to take what he had to look upward, which is a way to say, to lift one's consciousness above the level of appearances and to give thanks in advance for what he had. This is what we do in our practice when we set an intention. This is what we do in our practice when we lift our attention from the appearance of lack or the appearance of of insufficiency to realizing that there is a source that is greater than whatever is showing up currently in our lives. We lift our vision, our consciousness up from just what is currently showing up and move into an energy experience of gratitude. We're told in the story that then what he had was enough to satisfy the hunger of those who had gathered. Whether it was a literal multiplication of the food, I don't think so. But I do think that that act... Of faith, of taking what was available, being grateful for it, opened the doors for others to either do the same or to somehow feel satisfied. There's another example in his life where there were he was on the road, ten lepers came to him and wanted to be healed. They had heard of his work as a healer. Leprosy then, was like HIV-AIDS was in the 80s, I suppose. It was a death knell, and they wanted to be healed. And Jesus told them to go to the priests, that they would be healed, not by the priests, but by the act of going. There were 10. All 10 were healed. Only one came back to say thank you. And we have in the gospel, Jesus didn't seem too happy about that that only one came back to say, thank you. There have been so many interesting studies. I don't think I'll be able to go through all of them, but there was an article in Psychology Today a while ago that identified seven specific benefits of gratitude. And remember, according to the work of Dr. Sanjeev Chopra, gratitude is the fourth habit that cultivates happiness. In this journal of psychology today, there were seven benefits that were outlined. That those who practice gratitude as a way of being can expect to experience these benefits. And then they supported them with the research that was done to identify these benefits. One of them was that gratitude opens the door to more relationships that they had studied people who went out of their way to express their gratitude, especially at the beginning end of a relationship, and how that seemed to cement a relationship, that there was a direct connection between the expression of gratitude and the development of healthy relationships. And if we go back to the very first habit that Sanjeev writes about or speaks about, it is relationships, right? So here we almost come full circle. As I was going through this, uh, my notes yesterday on this, I was reminded of the, the power of that, that my very first job out of high school was to go to work for a Rip Bohorkas. I'll never forget his name. I don't think I worked for him more than six months, maybe nine months before going off and doing something else. But I was his secretary, very, very young. And I was so excited when I had sent my resume and got called in for an interview, scared to death, wasn't sure if I had done well, left the interview and remembered that my shorthand teacher, besides teaching us Greg's shorthand, some of you know what that is, most of you don't probably, said, remember to always write a personal thank you note after you are interviewed. And I did. Mr. has told me afterwards that was the reason I got the job. Never forgot that. A simple thank you note. Change that relationship or open that relationship. A second benefit that the psych- listed in psychology today is that it improves our health. Well, of course it does. When we are in the energy of a feeling when we are in the energy of feeling gratitude, of feeling appreciation, we're going to have fewer aches and pains. The studies show that. There was a 20 a study published in 2012 that said that those who practice gratitude not only improve their health by lowering toxic, toxic Um, the hormones in their body, but they seem to cultivate a better attitude about taking care of themselves. They tend to work out more or walk more or eat healthier. A A third is that it improves our psychological health that it improves our psychological health. When we are feeling grateful, gratitude reduces a multitude of toxic emotions from envy and resentment to frustration and regret. Robert Emmons, a leading gratitude researcher, get that. Wouldn't that be fun to be a researcher in the field of gratitude? Robert Emmons, a leading gratitude researcher, has conducted multiple studies on the link between gratitude and well-being. His research confirms that gratitude effectively increases happiness and reduces depression. A fourth, that gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. That's an interesting one. That's an interesting one. That gratitude enhances empathy and reduces aggression. A study out of the University of Kentucky found that that participants who ranked higher on gratitude scales were less likely to retaliate against others, even when given negative feedback. They experienced more sensitivity and empathy toward other people and a decreased desire to seek revenge. I wonder what would happen if we introduced the practice of gratitude, and maybe it's already in there in our criminal justice system what might what might that do would it have any benefits i doubt that it could have any harm a fifth that grateful people sleep better there was a study done that suggested that those who have difficulty sleeping if they were to spend the 15 minutes prior to putting their head on the pillow and attempting to go to sleep and write down their gratitude that they could expect to increase the amount of sleep that they got. It still boggles my mind, I know I said this last week, but it still boggles my mind that these very basic things, kindness, relationships, a practice of forgiveness, what we're looking at today, gratitude, that have been so much a part of our teachings in unity, nearly 150 years now, but way beyond that, We can see these general ideas, I think, in the teachings of the Buddha, certainly in the teachings of of Jesus, that now we have science that's looking at them and saying maybe there really is a connection between some of this inner stuff, this consciousness stuff, this way of thinking and being stuff that really does have positive impact. Maybe we should study it and And research it, and then feed that information back. What boggles my mind about that is that you and I are sitting on the receiving end of the benefit of that research, and it strips away the the potential of shutting down to these ideas as either airy fairy, woo-woo, just new age stuff, or, Or religious, it puts it where? More in the mainstream. As sixth, he said gratitude. There's research that shows that gratitude improves self-esteem. A 2014 study published in the Journal of Applied Sports Psychology found that gratitude increased athletes' self-esteem, an essential component to optimal performance. Other studies have shown that gratitude reduces social comparisons. Rather than becoming resentful toward people who have more money or better jobs, a major uh, major factor in reduced self-esteem, grateful people are able to appreciate other people's accomplishments. The seventh point, benefit they, they, that they pointed out was that gratitude increases mental strength, that it lifts up our ability to process things, to think through problems. I find all of this compelling. I find all of this validating for that simple practice of saying each and every day I'm going to spend a few minutes thinking about and then cultivating the feeling of gratitude and acting upon it. This past week, I've done this um, off and on over the years, this past week I sent out probably 40 to 50 handwritten thank you notes to some of the members of our community. My hand was exhausted, I must be out of practice, Um, but I purposely, and if you couldn't read my writing, I apologize, purposely wanted to write thank-you notes to people. And while it was fatiguing on my wrist, I've got to tell you the joy that I felt doing that and thinking about each of you as I was writing to you, those of you I sent a a note to, the joy that I felt in doing that. On Friday morning, I sent a, a, a blessing, a Thanksgiving blessing via text to many of you And while that was a group text that went out, what was not group was that those of you who responded, and oh my goodness, so many of you responded so quickly, I was overwhelmed with the text coming in thanking me for sending you a blessing, and then I did my best, as I'm trying to get my turkey in the oven and all of that stuff on Thanksgiving, responding to probably two-thirds of them, and I try to pick up... a on the ones I missed um, the day after. But there's something that happens when we extend ourselves in gratitude. I want to close with an interview I watched, and I forget who the interviewer was now, but it was just a couple of weeks ago. It was on a Sunday evening, and the interviewer was interviewing Henry Winkler. Remember Henry Winkler? Remember Happy Days? How many of you remember the show Happy Days? I grew up on Happy Days. We watched that a lot as as I was as I was a much younger person, and I loved the character that Henry Winkler played, the Fonz, right? And so the interview was a, about his roles in acting and and some of his challenges with a learning disability that had not been diagnosed until much later in his career and just the pain of growing up with that undiagnosed learning disability and all of that. But the interviewer said to him, you know, you have the reputation in Hollywood of being the kindest, nicest person in Hollywood. Everybody, when they think of you, they think of the kindest, nicest person in Hollywood. And Winkler's response was, Fascinating to me. He said, I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm the kindest or the nicest person in Hollywood. But I will tell you this. I think I'm the most grateful. He said, I think I'm the most grateful. And then he went on to say everything I've spent the last 20 minutes trying to convey. How his expression and experience and feeling of gratitude is so much a part of what he is and how he is with people that he doesn't know any other way of being, but he thinks that that, that gratitude, that appreciation for who he is, that the life he's been able to create even out of the hardship that he's, that he's endured, that he has never taken any of it for, for granted and is so grateful for it. He said, that's what I think is important. And so I leave you with that thought. I leave you with that thought. And I leave you with the invitation to pick back up or to start anew a practice, a very specific practice of gratitude and reap the blessings of it. Namaste.